Welcome to The Forge, the official podcast of Blacksmith Ministries. Podcasts have played a crucial role in the development of my spiritual life, and I pray these messages will do the same for you. My sincere desire is that these messages will awaken a passion for Jesus inside of you. Today's episode is called Weariness is a Weapon. Have you ever had something that will just not leave you alone? A thought, a word, a scene from a movie, an encounter you have with somebody, a relationship, an argument, or a scripture? I have two daughters, Savannah and Mariah, and I cannot believe that they are both old enough to have graduated high school, moved out of the house, or moving on with their lives. I cannot believe. I feel like I just met my wife 23 years ago. Where did the time go? My youngest daughter, Mariah, who is matriculating at the University of Alabama, roll tide. When she was two or three years old, we purchased a miniature schnauzer as our first pet as a family. And Savannah, my oldest daughter, who's a nurse out of state, she decided she wanted to name the puppy dog Little Bitty Batman. I was not having it. My response was, there's only one Batman in the house and it's not the dog. So I absolutely refused to name the dog Little Bitty Batman. But she won and we compromised. His name was Batman. Anyhow, Mariah is an animal lover She's two to three years old, and when she is awake, she's following that dog everywhere he goes. Now, normally puppy dogs, when they start walking, they will follow their owner, the one they love the most around. Not so much here. Mariah followed that dog around, and she picked him up, and she was petting him and stroking him and pulling on his hair, pulling on his beard, and he was a great pet. He didn't get upset at all, but he did cut me this look a couple of times like, when are you going to get this girl off of me? You're killing me. She would pet the dog so much, I was concerned that she was going to wear a bald spot in his coat. So finally, I say, Mariah, leave the dog alone. I'd have to be very firm and stern with her, and she'd finally put the dog down. She would relent. She would submit. She would tap out. Well, this thought has been with me just like Mariah has been with Batman and just all over him. This thought, I cannot get away from it. I released a word to a local congregation last month. The message was not recorded. I had prayed the Lord for a message, for a word to give them. And it was very powerful, and they received it very well. And I thought that was the end of it, but I was wrong. This thing will not let me go. Every morning when I pray, every morning when I'm reading the word, everywhere I go, I'm beginning to see this word. I'm beginning to see this word. And the word is Amalek. I know, right? Who hears the word Amalek? But... Ever since July, when I released this word to this congregation, Amalek is what I've been hearing. So today's podcast, Weariness as a Weapon, is coming out of Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. And I'll read it for you. Now, Amalek came and fought with Israel and Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with a rod of God in my hand. They are in good shape. They have Moses. He is the rod of God. They did all of these miracles against Egypt. They're good to go. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Right? Fight's over. Or not so much. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. How is this possible? The children of Israel are losing. 
But Moses' hands became heavy, so they took up a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. That's a strong statement from the Lord. And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is my banner. For he said, Because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. The Lord doesn't like Amalek. And for good reason, in Deuteronomy 25, we find out some more details about this battle. This is Deuteronomy chapter 25, verses 17 through 19. It gives us a very good picture of what's happening here. The Lord said to Moses in Deuteronomy 25, Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt, how he met with you on the way and attacked your rear ranks, all the stragglers at your rear when you were tired and weary. There's that word again, weary. And he did not fear God. Therefore it shall be when the Lord your God has given you rest from the enemies all around in the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess as an inheritance that you will blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. You shall not forget. Now some people think that could be extreme and harsh that the Lord would say that about Amalek. But look at it this way. He has given himself a revelation as father. A lot of Revelation in the Old Testament is God of judge and creator and possessor. It's not until the New Testament that we see this revelation that God is our Father. But here he's saying, I don't like it when people mess with my kids and when the enemy plays dirty and he attacks us when they're weary and they're tired and he attacks from the rear where the weaker people were. He takes that very seriously and he's going to rise up and defend and protect and send judgment on this enemy, especially in the Old Testament. This was the strategy of the enemy using weariness as a weapon. The enemy does not fight fair. The enemy does not wait till we're full of faith, full of passion, full of zeal, full of revelation, full of the Holy Spirit to come and attack us. No. He waits when we're tired, when we're worn out, when we're irritated, when we're easily agitated, and that's when the enemy comes in. He attacks us when we're tired, and he attacks us when we're weary. This was effective. I mean, I can't imagine the the army of Israel with Moses as their leader did all of these amazing wonders. The God of of Israel. He did all of these signs and wonders and miracles in Egypt. There were 10 plagues and then the crossing of the Red Sea. They're unbeatable. But here in Exodus 17, Amalek is winning the battle when Moses' hands become weary. You see that he attacked them when they're weary and he attacked the rear guard. But you also see that his attacks were so long that when the leader, Moses, his hands came down, his hands were weary. He was tired of interceding. He was tired of praying. He was tired of going before God for his people's sake. And the enemy began to win. What a picture of the enemy's strategy against us. Now, where does this tactic originate? It actually is found in Genesis chapter 25. You'll turn with me there. Verses 29 and 34. Before I get that, I want to let you know who Amalek is. Amalek, we discover, 
and why there's so much bitterness and hostility from God our Father towards Amalek is because Amalek is the grandson of Esau. In Genesis 36:12, that's where we discover that Amalek's grandfather is Esau, and Esau is very familiar with the tactic of weariness. So if you're in Genesis 25, we'll read these few scriptures here, verses 29 through 34. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau, Amalek's grandfather, came in from the field, and guess what? He was weary. There it is again, that tactic of the enemy of weariness. And listen to what it does to Esau. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with the same red stew for what? For I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I'm about to die, so what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, Swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. The strategy of using weariness as a weapon is when we become weary, we are easily deceived. Esau came in from the field and he was tired, he was weary. And he was so weary that he believed a lie that he was about to die. He wasn't about to die. But he thought he was because he was so tired. He was so weary. That's what weariness does. It knocks down our faith level. Our faith diminishes. Our joy deteriorates. We're weak. We're vulnerable. And that's when the enemy just kicks in. He uses weariness to open the door for lies and deception to come in. Esau believed he was about to die because he was hungry. Give me a break. Have you ever been on a fast? I'm very hungry, but I knew I wasn't about to die. But listen to what he believed. He believed he was about to die, so Jacob took advantage of his vulnerability and asked for his birthright. And because he was weary, because he was deceived, now Esau despised his birthright. We just read over that in the 21st century, like, what big deal? No, 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 no. It's the most important thing that we have. That's why the weapon of weariness is so effective because it deceives us into believing that our birthright, our identity is not important. Our identity is the most important thing that we have. When you see in Scripture, even in the Old Testament, when the when a new person is being introduced, they always say, he is the son of. When Abram who later becomes Abraham, is introduced, it says that Terah and his son Abram. When Jesus, the son of the living God, Jesus, God in the flesh, is introduced in Matthew, the first scripture, Matthew 1.1, says this is the genealogy, genealogy of Jesus the Christ. He's the son of David, the son of Abraham. If you look in Luke's gospel, in the third chapter of the genealogy, 76 times every descendant named above Jesus, he's called the son of, the son of, the son of. It's more than just listing the inheritance, the heritage or the inheritance that a son's receiving. It's communicating the importance of being a son. It's the most foundational truth that we have is being a son. The Bible overly communicates the our, the message of our identity as a son. And when Esau became wearied because weariness was a weapon, he became vulnerable to the lies and deception of the enemy. 
Jacob takes advantage of it and says, sell me your birthright. Sell me every benefit you have of being a son. And Esau thought he was about to die. He sells him his birthright. So what he's saying is, I don't want to be known as anybody's son. Well, the whole message of the Bible is salvation in a son. The Bible clearly tells us in Colossians 1.19 that it pleased the Father that all the fullness of himself would abide in him, abide in Jesus. Everything that the Father is, is revealed in Jesus. It's the basic message of the Bible that God is among us and he's among us through his Son, Emmanuel, God among us. Everything hinders, it hinges on the relationship and the revelation of sonship. It's the most basic foundational truth that we have. And Esau gave it away because he was tired. I can't communicate the identity of a son, how important it is enough. When we understand our sonship, even when we're tired, we're not going to be deceived. Even when we're weary that the enemy sends at us, we're not going to turn around and start to act foolish. We're not going to find ourselves in bondage. I tell you what, every believer that has solidified their identity in Christ, that they are a son or daughter of the Most High God, that they are a son or daughter to the King of Heaven, that they are a royal priesthood, people that know their identity are solid. They're squared away. Their relationship with Jesus is is fruitful. You don't see them falling into sin. You don't see them doing foolishness because they understand who they are. The identity of a believer is the most important thing that we have. And if the enemy takes it, then he can take anything else. He can take our future. He can take our destiny. He can take our purpose. He can take our calling. Everything else, he can come and go at his leisure if we become weary to the point we're deceived and we don't know who we are. We don't understand the importance of a son. Can you imagine Esau looking at his father, Isaac, and saying, I don't want to be your son? That's the whole story of Luke 15 and the prodigal son. I don't want to be your son anymore. I wish you were dead. He didn't understand his identity as a son. And he, what happened to him? He was deceived and he went out and wasted his father's inheritance on prodigal or wasteful living. He was with harlots. That is deception when you don't know who you are. Listen to Galatians 3.26, and I'll close with this. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. When we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, we actually become a son of God. Not the son, but a son. And it is the most glorious revelation that you will ever have. I remember going through the ramp school of ministry, the very first class that we had were foundations of identity, where it was pounded into us who we were through the word of God. Scripture reveals time and time and time again of God revealing himself through his son Jesus as a father. And we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, and we become his follower. God actually becomes our father. And now every time that we pray to him and we say, Our Father who art in heaven, we're declaring he's Father. We're also declaring our identity as a son. We have it all. Even back again in Luke chapter 15, the, the whole message of the prodigal son, when the older brother was so furious that his younger brother had finally come home, the father said to the older brother, Don't you understand? All that I have is yours. 
When we receive Jesus, we receive the kingdom of heaven. It's within us. We have everything. Sonship is everything. Do not allow the enemy to use weariness against you because it's meant to deceive you so he can steal your identity as a son. And if he has that, he can take everything else. Let us pray. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Holy Spirit that begins to declare to us that we should not be ignorant of the enemy's devices, these mind games. That this constant barrage of attacks on our mind that cause us weariness is actually an attempt to deceive us so we could steal our identity. Father, I declare over every person that listens to this podcast that they receive the revelation that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God and that the kingdom of heaven is within us and we're advancing it on the earth as it is in heaven. Friends, I pray this blesses you in Jesus' name. Amen.